one of the biggest mistakes we see, especially from people in the first half of their careers, is they think leadership comes from a title. They think I will be a leader when I become a director, a manager, a vice president, and someone gives me the authority over others. That is positional leadership. And it's really positional authority. True yep. leadership doesn't come because you say, because I said so, because you have the authority. Leadership comes by convincing other people to willingly follow you. And if you think about some of the greatest leaders we've had in the 20th century, people like Martin Luther King or Gandhi, they are people who had no authority. They're people who said, here's a vision, follow me and we can create this future. So all of us as leaders early in our career, don't wait for someone to say, have the power, step up and say, everyone, I have an idea. Here is something we can do, some change we can make and convince others through some of the other skills that we're going to talk about and, and others more to be that leader. For this episode, I interviewed Mark Hirschberg. Mark is the author of The Career Toolkit, Essential Skills for Success That No One Taught You. From tracking criminals and terrorists on the dark web to creating marketplaces and new authentication system, Mark has spent his career launching and developing new ventures at startups and Fortune 500s and in academia. He helped to start the Undergraduate Practice Opportunities Program, dubbed NIMIT's Career Success Accelerator, where he teaches annually. Mark also works as a fractional CTO, so he has a lots and lots of experience with tech startups. So without further ado, let's get into it. I'd love to get started and, and know a bit about your background and what you do and how you got about to writing your book. Thanks for having me on the show today. My background really started when I came out of MIT as basically a programming nerd during the dot-com era. And I realized early on that while I loved programming, I wanted to become a CTO, the chief technology officer. But that involved a bunch of skills that no one ever taught me. Leadership, communications, negotiation, having a large network. No one taught me this in school. So I had to develop the skills in myself. And I've gone on, I've had a very successful career as a CTO. But I recognized these skills weren't just useful for me, but for everyone in my companies. And so I started training up my teams. When doing so, I began to see the impact it had. And in parallel, MIT had gotten similar feedback. MIT had heard from our corporate partners, we can't find these skills in anyone we hire, from your school, from other skills, in the market at large. So we started a program referred to as his Career Success Accelerator, where yeah. we're teaching these skills to our students. And I've been teaching there for the past 20 years and recently turned that into my book because I know these skills apply to more than just our MIT students. Yep, yep. That is, yeah, fantastic. The, some of the skills that you did mention that are not traditionally taught by a lot of schools, especially when they are trying to go more into development, like software development or software engineering, particularly. And that you mentioned leadership, communication, and networking. So I'd love to know some concrete examples of what either your book or what this, this accelerator that you did set up with MIT taught about, say, all these three. So first, let's go one by one leadership what's the sort of the number one key or advice you have um, some for someone who wants to develop their leadership skills 
And now all of these skills and all 10 in the book, there's really a mindset shift you need to make. And then once you get that, there's a bunch of tips that can help you execute on. When it comes to leadership, one of the biggest mistakes we see, especially from people in the first half of their careers, is they think leadership comes from a title. They think, I will be a leader when I become a director, a manager, a vice president, and someone gives me the authority over others. That is positional leadership. And it's really positional authority. True leadership doesn't come because you say, because I said so, because you have the authority. Leadership comes by convincing other people to willingly follow you. And if you think about some of the greatest leaders we've had in the 20th century, people like Martin Luther King or Gandhi, they are people who had no authority. They're people who said, here's a vision, follow me and we can create this future. So all of us as leaders early in our career, don't wait for someone to say, have the power, step up and say, everyone, I have an idea. Here is something we can do, some change we can make and convince others through some of the other skills that we're going to talk about and and others more to be that leader. Yep. Oh, that's amazing. Regarding communication, what would be some practical tips that technical people or technical founders can implement? There is probably the widest range of topics when it comes to communication. And here's probably the most important one, especially for technical founders. We know we speak a very special language. We speak in numbers and charts and graphs, and we love it but not everyone communicates that way. So what you want to do is recognize there are different communication styles and how you might communicate to another engineer or another technical person is going to be different than how you would communicate to someone perhaps in HR or marketing or with a different background or context. And so you're going to adjust not what you're saying, but how you're saying it so that you can have better effectiveness to a specific audience. That's great. And and then the last one that I do want to ask you about is the networking aspect of it. For me, over the last um, 18, 19 years of my career, every job that I have gotten, every business that I have started, every co-founder that I have found, it's all through networking. Nothing has been advertised. And a lot of people say that nearly 60% of all jobs are not advertised in the traditional sort of a way. What tips do you have for someone who wants to improve their network? To the statistic you cited, let's think for a moment about why that's true. It's not simply, oh, you heard about. It's because the network actually sends some signals. When we are hiring, we're saying, I want the best qualified person for this job. And I'm going to meet a bunch of candidates. I'm going to look through their resumes and through their resume, through the interview, I'm going to take my best guess at who might be the most qualified. But if I've known you for years and you say, this is my friend, Sarah is hardworking and she's smart and diligent and really knows online marketing or whatever I'm trying to hire for. That is a huge signal because I trust you. I trust your judgment. I've known you for a while. And so now I have additional information about Sarah's capabilities. And that's what we're looking for. And that's what the interview process is. But networking can send us very valuable signals that we can't always get through that interview process. So networking is a great way to find jobs. 
but also too many people use it just for job hunting. Too many people think, oh, I need a job, time to start networking. Yeah. And this is a mistake for two reasons. First, networking can do more than just get you jobs. You want to think broader. Second, when you need a job, that's not the time to start networking. That's like saying, hey, Sam, listen, great to meet you. You seem like a great guy. So next weekend, come on over. I'm going to order some pizza. We're going to go pack up my apartment, carry my couches down, five flights <laughs> of stairs. So glad we met tonight. I'll see you next Saturday. You say, no way, Mark. I am not here to help you do that. Go ask a friend you've known for 20 years, a friend where you have that relationship. Now, we might have that relationship down the road, but we don't have it today. So you're not going out to meet people and saying, nice to meet you. Do this for me. And while passing along a resume might not be as much work as helping me move my couch, still you're starting with an ask. And really, we want to think of our relationships and our networks as really, let me meet you, get to know you. What can I do to help you, not what can you do for me? Because that's the best way to build relationships. So go out there when you don't need anything. Go and start to form these relationships, and that's how you're going to build your network. So down the road, whether I need you to pass along my resume or move my couch, I can count on you. That is such practical good advice. And I have seen that there's this book by Adam Grant and Givers and Takers or something like that, give and take, and where it talks about where people who win in the long run are the givers because you give now and it, it always comes back. And takers, you only build things or they get things only in the short term. But in the long run, if you want to play the long game, be a giver. And that's pretty much what you say that if you are a giver now, tomorrow you will get the benefit of it. So, yeah. 100% agree with that. And that's my motto as well. And that's partly why everything that has come around, it's, it's because of this. So just this morning, before this, before this call, I was talking with an investor who got introduced to me by someone who I sent one of my free books to and who is now this investor is interested in investing in our startup, in our venture. And so it just comes around. Like I had no idea this is going to happen, but it always just comes around. And, and that's when you start making relationships when you don't really need exactly as you said that. Yeah. So that's very cool advice. Looking ahead, you know how with with COVID, with everything, the whole sort of the working environment, everything has been um, turned, not turned upside down, but it has moved more online more virtual, everything all around the world. This has been uniform. It's instead of going to conferences and meeting people, I now meet people via my podcast. And similar, there used to be connections that used to be built and communication that used to happen in workplaces that no longer happen, especially in the type of people we deal with in, in knowledge sphere, like in, in knowledge industries, whether it is IT or tech or finance or, or anything like that. And there is a lot of things that get missed because talking with a person, your eyes are doing as much of listening as your ears are sometimes. And a lot of things do get missed in a Slack messenger or, or Discord or any of those sort of channels. Do you have any advice for, for the next generation? And, and I feel like this trend is only going to continue. We are only going to have more distributed workplaces, more remote working arrangements and things like that. Do you have any advice for how to improve our communication, networking skills, leadership when we are dealing in a virtual environment? That's a, a pretty broad question. So I'll try Very to address broad as question. much of it as I can. Yes. First, let's think about communication. 
And even pre-pandemic, companies did a terrible job of this. Companies had meetings and emails and spontaneous conversation and Slack, and you might have had a wiki, and there are all these places for communication. And it wasn't clear in most companies, when do you do what? Should this be a Slack message or a phone call or an email? And there were no rules. There were some cultural norms within certain groups. Tech folks, for example, they really tend to like using Slack for as much as they can. But when a tech person then speaks to someone in marketing or HR, they might be on Slack, but they're not Slack users the same way. And so what we need to do, certainly in the old days, and it's even more true today, is to be very conscientious about all of our channels When do we want to put something on Slack? When do we have a formal meeting? When is just a quick email versus a voicemail? And so I break down in the book, here are the different channels. Here's how to think about each. And being very clear about this type of message goes on this channel and equally important, what the expectations are. If you need a quick response from me, should you be sending me a message by Slack, by text messaging or email? Is the expectation that you respond to Slack very quickly because it that's the nature of it? Or is Slack that background channel and you're at a company where the culture is emails get responded to quickly? Be explicit. Don't just let that, well, the company works this way. Be explicit about the rules so everyone understands how to communicate more effectively. This is even more important, as we said, because now we have to be more conscious about it. Now you don't have the bumping at the water cooler in the hallway and we have yes. this spontaneous conversation. So we have to be more proactive in how we think about this. Likewise, with our leadership, we want to recognize leading, a lot of that would happen in person and you can feel how things are going. You can stand in front of the room. How are people reacting to this? You could walk out onto the office floor and just see what the mood is like. But now half the people aren't there. They didn't feel that wind. They don't have that depression if something went badly that you can feel. So you have to be a lot more proactive in reading those signals. And then finally on networking, it's actually a little bit of a blessing. Now, by this silver lining, obviously from a pandemic side, horrible wish it didn't happen. But recognizing that we're in this virtual world, here is the upside. This is what I've been saying throughout the pandemic. Traditionally, when we've networked, when we've built those relationships, We'd say, hey, Sam, let's go meet for coffee. Oh, what do you mean you're not in the same city as me? Okay, next time I'm on the West Coast, hopefully our schedules line up and we can meet and maybe I'll talk to you in the next year or two. It was weird in 2019 to say, Sam, let's jump on a video call. Oh, and yeah, bring your coffee, bring your cocktail. (laughs) Mark, this is weird. But now that's normal. And so networking, which has traditionally been done in person, is, has been limited geographically to those we could see in person. Now we can keep that network warm. We can extend our reach geographically by meeting with people in different cities. And of course, the time we're saving on that morning commute, the 30 minutes you used to drive into work, use that 30 minutes once a week to say, I'm going to do a virtual coffee every Wednesday morning with a different person from my network, just to catch up, just to keep in touch. You've got that free time, use it productively. Yep. Yep. 100%. Look, it's just opened up so many doors. 
for me personally. This initially I was the the first month of the pandemic and lockdowns. It was very depressing for someone like me who's an um people person and who needs to meet and talk with new people and all that and just being at home was quite challenging. but then this new door of virtually meeting people all around the world and working with people all around the world opened up and it's just i haven't looked back it's it's been amazing so even for my fintech startup insider that we are building we've got um a contractor employee in italy we got two in argentina we work with someone in philippines and then like small team here so it's just a spread out team and it's just amazing it still works it's great looking forward what's next for you where do you see your career path uh, business taking you in the next 5 years or so that's a great question i continue to build startup companies right now i'm doing it as a fractional cto yes and it's been giving me some great flexibility i've typically been in house i may go back in house at some point but by doing it as a fractional CTO right now it's given me the flexibility to focus on things related to the book going on great podcasts like this one i've also been doing a lot more public speaking relating to the book i've been booked as conference speakers and event speakers obviously it's been a little more virtual lately but i've got events coming up in the fall and so i'm likely to continue to do a lot more of that the book's gotten some really great traction been doing a little consulting based on the book as well helping companies take the ideas in the book and really expand them to their entire organization because you can read this book individually and help yourself but imagine if it's not just you being a better leader or communicator but everyone in your organization so it's a combination of continuing to build successful startups doing more public speaking and other things related to the book yep it's yeah that's fantastic and i have seen this is what successful authors do compared to the ones who just write for the sake of writing and that is they do magnify and leverage their yeah and use like sort of network effects of say getting it into a company and getting everyone in the company to use it or create a program around that and so it's i completely see your vision and how i can see how it it will be successful in the, in over the next few years and it will be like a household name and stuff so that's great that's really really good One thing I did that really shocked me that other authors haven't done this because many author, authors think I hope companies take the book and and use it and they just cross their fingers and hope. Yeah. I've actually created a free download on the website for how you can use this in your company. And it's not just take my book, read it, hope you find it useful, but this breaks down how you can use the book whether it's for specific goals like onboarding or an annual review or for general skill development. Yeah. And so this can make it easier for companies to really get value out of the book. You can do that even without me or you can bring me on and we can figure out how to unlock even more value in your organization. All that's on the website thecareertoolkitbook.com. Oh that's fantastic. I'm going to put uh, links to everything to your LinkedIn, to your social any other social channels you have to your website and of course to your book where people can get access to your book and get that free download on how to implement strategies from the book. Now the 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 next thing I uh, wanted to just just one of the thing I wanted to comment on is that I do work with and I do meet a lot of tech startup founders or just startup founders in general. A lot of the startup founders are and authors and they're really good at their product but what they really suck at is distribution and you seem to have got product plus distribution and i can see how it can be successful so that that is great 
the next thing was was around that if you had to um start all over again but you have the same knowledge but you're just out of say fresh out of university and you're just starting what career path would you take what would you do next i would probably still do what i have been doing i have enjoyed it very much i love building startups i when i started it was probably just more pure on the tech side yes and i it took me a few years to start getting more into product i also i've been lucky to your earlier point I explicitly set out to learn marketing from taking classes and reading books to explicitly being a CTO at marketing companies to learn what those companies do. And that gave me skills that have been useful for things like marketing the book and getting out there and even my own career and consulting. So by picking up a more diverse skill set earlier on, I think I would have gone even further faster than I did, but I'd certainly want to be doing the same thing. I could just leverage up these skills that maybe took me a few years to learn. That's yeah, that's great. And there's just a couple of questions that I do ask everyone who comes on my podcast and one of that is is there is there a book that you are reading right now? There's nothing at the moment. I'm between books at the moment, but I have been reading a number of books and one thing I do in mind, I reference a lot of books and on the website, on the resources page, I list all the books I reference in mind. So if you want to go deeper on some topic, you can do so. There's also a bunch of other books I don't necessarily reference in mind, but they were helpful in just building my career and my skill set. And so I list them all so you can follow along and read those books yourself. That's fantastic. And then the last um question is, do you have a ask are you looking for anything? Are you looking for I don't know team members, employees, investors, customers, anything? Then feel free to share with our audience. So if there is anyone with the same need then they can reach out to you. I'm looking for my wife, but no no employees, no one at this point on the professional side. Thankfully, I've got some good teams I'm working with always looking for just other people I can help organizations but not hiring at this time but certainly looking forward to doing more keynote talks consulting at companies and fractional CTO work at both startups and larger corporations that's fantastic i often meet founders who are always looking for a CTO <laughs> so i'd be very happy to connect you next time i meet someone with the same sort of um requirements for a fractional CTO so look that's been fantastic thank you so much for your time i will put all the links in the show notes wherever this goes which are platform this goes on and once again best of luck for for your future progress Thanks for having me on the show. I've really enjoyed it. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Want Money, Got Money with Sam Kamani. Hope you enjoyed the show and got some valuable insights that would help you in your startup or your business. If you haven't already, please subscribe and rate this show on your favorite platform. It would be extremely helpful and I just cannot tell you how much I would appreciate that.